This is the Crescendo Music Education Podcast, episode number 81. Hello everyone, I'm Debbie O'Shea from Crescendo Music Education. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. I think you're going to love it. I get to talk to Jessica Peresta. Now many of you know her already through her podcast and her social media and her membership and all sorts of things. That's Jessica Peresta and I'll have all of the links for you in the show notes and the blog post. I had a great time hearing a little about her background and I feel like we had a lot in common. In this episode, you'll hear her tips on keeping inspired and engaged as a music educator. They're fabulous tips. I agreed with everyone. I was here going, nod, nod, yes, yes. And when we get to the nuggets of fabulous, there'll be more head nodding from all of my listeners. Some great advice, a great podcast episode. Let's go now to Jessica Peresta. Hello, Crescendo community. I want to welcome Jessica Peresta. It's so exciting to have her here. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm going to start off by reading your bio. Now, I'm sure that many of my listeners listen to your podcast, but in case they don't know you or maybe don't know your background, I think reading the bio is a nice place to start. So here we go. Upon starting her first teaching position in the middle of the school year at a low-income elementary school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Jessica was asked to restart the music program, which had been non-existent for seven years. Oh, goodness, that would be hard. During her second year of teaching, she won the Teacher of the Year and Teacher of Today Awards. Wow, can, I'm just going to interrupt for a minute and say, your second year of teaching. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> You must have. Done, I don't know. You must have done some know. magic things, really. Second year. <laughs> Gosh, in my second year, I knew like nothing. Anyway, now Jessica is the elementary music teacher at the Hill School in Fayetteville. Is that Arizona? Is AR Arizona? Arkansas. No. Arkansas. Oh, yes. You can't tell I'm not American. Okay, and is the founder and CEO of the domestic musician. LLC, where products include the Curriculum Design Roadmap course, the Harmony Membership site, and the Elementary Music Teacher Blueprint course. She's also the host of the Elementary Music Teacher podcast, the author of the book, Make a Note, What You Really Need to Know About Teaching Elementary Music, on the Teacher Advisory Board at Teacher Vision, and the Professional Development Coordinator for F-flat Books. So obviously you're not very busy. I can see that. Um, no, not at all. Mm. No, no. She holds a Bachelor's <laughs> of Music Education degree from Oral Roberts University and a Master's in Educational Technology degree from the University of Arkansas. When she's not talking all things music education, she loves hanging out with her husband. Is it Grant or Grant? Grant. Grant. And mm -hmm. her three boys, Owen, Brady and Reese, and her sweet doggies. Oh, I'm a dog owner too. And love my fur babies. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So listening to that brief bio that I just presented, what would you like to add to that summary of your work? I think I did forget to mention that I'm also do curriculum writing. I've written 
curriculum for Virtual Virginia, their virtual music education program, and as well as helped align curriculum, the National Music Standards for a UK curriculum. I got to work on the team that did that. I also have done business and teacher coaching one-on-one and in a group setting, and then I also am um, a presenter at various online and in-person conferences. So as you're reading that, I was like, I think I forgot to include that, but but that pretty much other than that wraps it up, <laughs> sums everything up. Oh, it just There's just so much in there that would be great to talk about. Oh, my heavens. Mm. But before we get into those, so I just have so many questions reading mm-hmm. and I would just love to pick your brain, but let's come back to some of those things. I do like to ask my guests about gratitude because I think it, it's important for us all to not lose sight of things for which we're grateful, Mm -hmm. professional or personal. So what would you say are you most grateful for? Well, first of all, I did mention my family. I have been married 17 years to my husband, Grant, and our journey has taken us a lot of different directions where I feel like sometimes it's been me more supporting him in his career than him and me. And then we have three sons, like I said, they're 13, 11 and eight now. I'm really, really grateful for my family because they are my hugest supporters and just, yeah, I I love them and my family is everything to me. But also professionally, I'm really grateful for online colleagues that I've gotten to meet just through my podcast and the work I've done online, but also in person at any of the schools I've worked at. I'm just grateful for colleagues, both in the music education world, but also just teachers in general. Just, I feel like I've learned so much just from having conversations or observing or listening in at different presentations. And so I'm really grateful for that. And then I would say those things are probably at the top of my list, the things I just mentioned for sure. Yes. yes. And I, it's actually one of my favorite things about being a presenter and a music education leader is the fact that you get to learn the whole time. You're learning from yeah. the people you're talking to, you're seeing what they do and how how other people think. And I I just, I love learning, even though you're on the other end of it, technically, Mm -hmm. you're learning the whole time. So yes, I can certainly empathize with what you're saying. I think that's amazing. I'd love to hear about your book too, but we'll come back to your (laughs) book. If we've got time, I want to hear about (laughs) your book. I don't, I didn't realize till I read that, that you had a book. So I love that. That's one of my burner project. So I'd love to hear about your book. But first of all, I think with all of your experience and having worked with so many teachers in lots of different contexts, I think that you'd have a lot to help my listeners with around the longevity of an enjoyment of their career. It's yeah. it's difficult sometimes to stay positive and enthusiastic. It, it's Absolutely. a tough job. It's a high energy job. Someone has equated music education at some stage to me as like being one of the wiggles on speed. Like like you're just constantly, you've only got them for such a precious short time. So you can't say, come on in kids, silent reading. I'll give you 10 Mm. minutes. We can't do that. But so it's a frantic job with so many pressures from our system. We're not often appreciated because we're just the music teacher. We're not doing the important stuff, all of those things. So I think that you would have some great advice for us on helping us stay positive, 
and love this career and want to stay in it. So what would be your top tips? Yeah. So I took some notes and things I want to say, but as you were just talking, I thought of something else where I kind of this last week had one of the mornings, something happened with one of my sons, nothing major, everybody's okay, but just some conversations with his teachers. And I just remember driving to school feeling heavy. And I feel like sometimes when there's a lot going on in your home life, showing up to teach, like you said, you feel like an entertainer sometimes. You're like, well, it's stage time and put that face on. And that's kind of what I did. But when I got to kind of my older group of kids, I didn't tell them everything that was going on because it's personal. But also one of them could kind of tell, Ms. Jessica, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, you know, but I just said, you know what, I just kind of had a hard morning, but sometimes, you know, and I was just letting them see the realness in me and the like kind of took the mask off for a minute, I guess I could say, Mm -hmm. and just let them see me be a little bit vulnerable. And I think that shows them that we're human too, as teachers, and that they're going to have rough days and rough moments. And it's okay that we can keep moving forward. But that is just something that happened Mm -hmm. last week. So I wanted to mention that, but it is really hard to stay super enthusiastic on those hard days, those hard weeks, those, let's just be honest, some classes that have behavioral issues or whatever it might be. So I just jotted down four main thoughts that I have a million around this, but four that I really wanted to relate to your listeners. So the first thing is to make your classroom your own. And what I mean by this is, I remember when I first started teaching, let's be honest, none of us knew what we were doing. And I would just teach the way I saw my cooperating teacher, the way she had taught, or I would teach the way I saw someone do something at a workshop. But I just remember feeling so, it just didn't feel like me. And once I started thinking about what lights me up as a teacher? What songs do I enjoy teaching? How do I like to teach? And in college, they they have you talk about your teaching style. I don't really feel like we know what that is until we actually get in there and start doing it. So I just want to relay to your listeners to be yourself and teach what lights you up, even if you don't necessarily see anybody else doing it the way you do. I feel like that's what's going to help you keep your enthusiasm is because if you're excited about what you're teaching, your students are going to be excited to learn it. Now, it's not a magic formula where every single student's on board, but they can tell if you're excited about teaching something versus you're just doing it because a lesson plan told you to. And on top of that, I wanted to let you know to teach to the students you have. I've been at two different schools and I can't teach the students I have currently at my school now the same way I taught my students at a different school. They're not the same kids. They don't learn the same way. They're in different different states in, in America, to be honest. And I'm teaching towards the students I have. Like, where are they musically? How do they best learn? What music really sparks their interest? And then I also want to say to be creative and change things up. If you're starting to feel you know, a little like uh, ho-hum about going to school. I mean, obviously there's a lot of reasons behind that, but one of those might be because you're just not feeling that creative juice maybe you used to feel coming out of you anymore. Maybe it's just time to change things up, not completely overhaul everything you do, but maybe it's time to substitute a certain lesson in for something else. Or let's say you're teaching about, I don't know, form, ABA form. I don't know why that came to mind, but you've always used the same song and saying activity, maybe change it up a little bit and then let go of what you can't control and of perfectionism. I am speaking to myself here when I say that. I have a perfectionist personality to a T. I don't like things not to go the way I've planned it or to feel like it's out of my control. 
it doesn't come easy to me. So I know if you're listening, this is not me saying like, this is just going to magically happen overnight. But what I mean is let go of what you can't control. You're going to have students come to you who are just Let's just be honest. I don't know if it's a full moon or it's a a class party day or they're just extra hyper and can't focus for some reason. And you feel like everything you're trying with these students is not going well. That's out of your control. It doesn't mean just let them act out of control, but it also means that you may need to pivot a little bit and let go of perfectionist tendencies and know this is not working. I still want to teach music today. What am I going to do instead? And then it'll help you. Once you kind of get the hang of that, your enthusiasm will come back because you're going to know you have confidence that you can do that again and again. And then one more point is one thing that really works well for me is to set boundaries on my time and I make sure I take breaks. I am one of those people that as you read my bio, I I have done a lot in my career and I'm very proud of that. But also I am good about saying no when I need to. And I'm good about looking at my calendar and saying, this won't get done this week, but I have time on, let's say next Tuesday at blah, blah, blah time to get this done. I think as a teacher, we are, you know, if I come in early or I stay late, it's not a badge of honor and it will make you feel burnt out. And I know the pushback to that is, but then when do I get everything done? I need to get done. I feel like it comes in waves. We're always going to have busy seasons. And so there's going to be sometimes where, yes, it's a busier season, but then look at your calendar and circle when you know that that less busy season's coming and give yourself something to look forward to. Or maybe it's the next school break coming up. So, you know, I'm really busy right now, but I know that's coming up. And so give yourself breaks in your everyday life. Even if it's your 30 minute drive home, maybe you need to sit in silence. Maybe you want to listen to a podcast or music and then also really be good with your time on the weekend. You may have to get some work done, but also pencil in time for fun and rest and relaxation. And so those are some points I just wanted to throw in there about that, that really have worked well for myself. They are all fabulous. I think I can, I can hear everybody listening in the car (laughs) or whatever going, yes, yes. Oh yes, I should do that. There's so Mm -hmm. many. I love them that teaching as you, you know, if it's not going right, mix it up. Like you learn something in a workshop and you try it and you're just going, I'm just not feeling it. There's another song that you could use that serves the same purpose. You know, if you hate the song, don't do it. Yeah, I love it. And and you've got to be you, <laughs> you know, whether it's someone like me that likes to add a little bit of um, bad humour, you know, they tell me I have dad jokes, that's fine. But another <laughs> teacher might not want to use humor they might be a very softly spoken you've got to do you haven't you I mean I know that's mm-hmm. a bit overdone the you do you but it's true you've got right. to wear that as part of your personality I love that and your second one the teach the students in front of you so true it's so true isn't it and you've got to Absolutely. sometimes just gauge their reaction that you can have the same it could be quite extreme I've had like all of the Mountain King is one of my favourite pieces of art music to do with the little ones because, you know, I just love it. Getting faster is so obvious. Getting louder is so obvious. It's amazing. But I had one little person, it's just a story that popped in my head, that was really scared of the music, like Hmm. terrified, which I can understand. So I just had to not do that piece of music. I mean, I'm not going to go, I'm going to push. It's my favorite. I'm going to keep going. I had to consider the children in front of me. I know it's a bit of an extreme example, but you do have to do that. And I love that. Be creative, change things up. Like 
I'm a Kodai-inspired educator. I do seesaw all the time for my sailing yes. teaching. But if you really, the kids aren't really sick of it because they haven't done it for 42 years. Right. But right. Um, <laughs> but if you do get sick of it, switch it up. Do buy low baby go. Do good night sleep. Time. You know, if you get sick of it, switch it out. Yes. I think that's a great idea. And I actually like mixing things up by adding new manipulatives and fun mm. things. You know, like oh, I've got a new cat puppet, so I'll put that in the oh, cat yeah, song. Yeah. And I think that adding manipulatives mixes it up for them and for you. So I love that creative, change things up, let go of you what you can't control. Oh, goodness. Teachers have to be good at that, <laughs> don't they? Oh, my gosh. It happens every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that perfectionist, I think we all just go, yep, got to do that. And that boundaries, I don't think we're all very good at that. Set the boundaries, make some white space for yourself and stop saying, yes, I know I have an issue with being a bit people pleasing. Oh, could you do this for us, Debbie? Yes, I could. Instead of going, I'd love to do that. I have some spare time in the next holidays or whatever. So they are, uh, they're amazing tips. And I think it will help everybody. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So thank you. And I'm sure there's lots, lots more there. Before we go on to Nuggets of Fabulous, which is just one of my favourite bits because I get good tips, good songs or whatever, can you tell us a little bit about your book? Because I'd I'd love to hear about that and where people can get it. Yeah, absolutely. So you shared in my bio the experience of me starting my very first teaching position without a mentor teacher. Well, actually, no, I had one, but she taught third grade didn't teach music. And then just the experience of me feeling like whether it had been a school that didn't have music for seven years or one that had music for a long time, that new teacher experience of getting in there and all of a sudden realizing these are your students, this is your classroom, and what am I supposed to do? You kind of have a a plan, but you're also, ah, you feel like a fish out of water is the best way I can describe it. So I had this book on my heart, or I didn't even know it was a book. I just knew I wanted to share what was on my heart around that, around what you really need to know about teaching elementary music, because all these questions I had had, but then working with music teachers have been asked the same questions over and over. I didn't know where to go with it. And so F Flat Books, which is an ebook company for music educators, Dr. Sarah Goulish and her brother, David Allen, founded. She and I had been kind of online colleagues or friends for a while. And she and I started talking about it. And she just casually mentions just why don't you write a book about it? And I'm like, you know, like, oh, sure. Why don't I just do that? <laughs> Anyways, I had never written a book. I've written blog posts and articles, but never a book. And I, I didn't even know where to start. And so she just encouraged me just to kind of start brain dumping my ideas. It didn't even need to turn into chapters yet or it needed to be words, but just bullet points. And once I started doing that on a Google Doc, started seeing how it needed to be shaped into chapters and sections, and that's kind of how it was born. And so the ebook copy is available on F Flat Books. It's just fflatbooks.com. And then JW Pepper sells the physical copy as well, as well as you can get the physical copy on Amazon. And then, yeah, so it's really exciting how that's put into the world. And writing a book is, it's like, I'm so used to talking on a podcast or I have a blog but putting your book into the world, I don't know why that makes you feel a little bit more vulnerable. It's, just, it's so weird. And maybe it's because 
it's getting into the hands of people who haven't connected with you as much maybe by hearing your voice. They're, they're hearing your voice in a different way, but it is really neat. It's something I never thought I would be able to do. And I'm really, yeah, it's awesome to have it out there now. Thank you. And yes, I have heard, I've heard you speak about um, F, F flat books on yes. one of your podcasts. So I've not mm-hmm. yet gone in and had a look. I think it's mm-hmm. not as well known here in Australia. So mm-hmm. um, that's great. Hopefully you're reaching a bit of a new audience here too. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So let's get on to my nuggets of fabulous. What nuggets do you have for us? Okay. So I, when I was thinking about this, this could have gone a lot of different directions, of course. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I just want to drive home the point, not to sound like a broken record, which you and I know what that is, but I say that to my own children. They're like, what's a record? I'm like, never yes. mind. <laughs> a broken MP3? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> a broken like, link. A broken yeah, link. Like, yeah, yeah, hyperlink, broken hyperlink. There you go. <laughs> a broken website. Um, but yeah, just be yourself. That's the first nugget of fabulous is just to be yourself. I just cannot stress that enough where you already mentioned, gosh, going to workshops. And I just remember trying, I've already said this, but trying to do things the way even the presenter said to do this song this way in this order with your students. And it would completely sometimes bomb with my kids. They would just not, they were not receptive to it. And so I also remember I'm very sarcastic as well. I'm very loud. I'm very just, you know, and and I was trying to be very robotic and very stern and very just like this. I, it wasn't me. And so I believe in classroom management, but I was trying to be too strict because that was the advice I was given by a teacher. But be yourself is the first nugget of fabulous. And then I also want to say, if a lesson doesn't go over well, don't give up and evaluate what went wrong or what could have gone better so you can improve for next time. I don't think it's always that a song or lesson needs to be thrown out permanently. I think sometimes it's just, it's either the students we've already talked about that are sitting in front of you, or maybe just a couple of pieces. Maybe it's the game needs to go before the dance or the dance before the game or whatever, you know, there could be many reasons it didn't work, but I used to sometimes going back to the perfectionist tendencies I still struggle with, but used to always think if this did not work, it's a sign of me not being a good enough teacher. And I want to tell you that that's not the truth. A lesson not going well does not mean you're not teaching it well. It just means it may need to just something needs to move around. And then the other one is one thing that's really worked well for me as well is about structuring your class time. I really think it's important for your students to know what to expect from the minute actually before they even walk into your classroom in the hallway, before they come into music, they need to know what to expect until the moment they're, they're leaving. And so when you kind of have a plan for how to structure your class time, let's say it's 45 minutes and have transitions that flow from, from one activity to another, it really does help cut down on classroom management issues when your students know what to expect And when you're giving them something to do with their hands or their bodies or their mouths when they're singing, it cuts down on them being able to use their mouth or bodies for other reasons, you know, pushing their neighbor or talking or whatever. But also on the flip side of that, give your students opportunities to talk. When I, I I like to give them small group activities or partner activities or talk about this with your partner or with a neighbor, but also with instruments, I used to always be like, don't play until I tell you to. (laughs) Now, when I'm handing instruments out, 
I say I'm going to count down by 10, especially with my little ones. And when I get to zero, they know I say your instruments are frozen. And so when the instruments are frozen like ice, they can't pick them up anymore because they're frozen. But I've noticed giving them an opportunity to play the instrument and obviously give them guidance on that. Don't just bang it, but if whatever instruments yep. I'm handing out, play it, get it out of your system, like get, get your, you know, kinesthetically touch the instrument, listen to it, and then we're done until it's time to do the activity that has helped so much. And I'm just like, why did I not try that sooner? Used to be, don't touch it. Oh, you played it. I'm taking it away. And now I'm like, well, why not? When I get an instrument, what's the first thing I want to do? I want to shake it or hit it or, you know, and so those are just some things that came to mind around nuggets of wisdom that I wanted to share. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, don't you love it when you sort of work out something that like, oh, duh, I should have been doing this all along because yes. do you know what and as you can see I am older than you and it's actually only fairly recently that I too have started have changed with that playing because I have this big mm. you get the instrument no we're not playing it yet I even have a if at the <laughs> wrong time you play Mrs O'Shea will take it away we even yes. chant that little okay so they come and I have rest <laughs> position they have to put their instrument in rest position on the floor in front of them, hands in their laps, and and we play and then we have it. So I know that there's going to be music teachers out there going, oh, for goodness sake, Debbie. But I've realised I let them get it and have a play appropriately. Yes, we learn the rules right. of the yeah. instruments. We have a little play. I like to use the word noodle that I got off Tanya Lejeune. I was listening mm -hmm. to one of her podcasts. They have a little noodle little play, little noodle, then I say, okay, everyone, rest position. They put it down, hands in laps. Because like you said, isn't that what we want to do as adults? Yes, and can you yes. imagine five-year-olds yes. with an instrument in their hands? Oh, my gosh. And they're just like dying to pick it up. So <laughs> yeah. it's, yes, it's that balance. Of course, you need that classroom and behaviour management. But you've, yeah, I agree with that. And mm -hmm. that time to talk as well where we might have just watched a performance and you might hear the response of four kids and you could see the other kids busting to tell you it just takes a minute to say oh if you've got something to say about it tell someone near you and, blah, 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 and then they're yeah. back and they feel good because they've been able to express themselves so like it's fairly obvious, but I think sometimes we overlook those things because we have so much we want to do and so yes. much we need to do. If I take time to let them have a chat, I will not have time to practice, you know, my melodic component or, you know, whatever, because we yeah. tend to, in Australia, in Queensland anyway, we have half-hour lessons, 30-minute mm -hmm. lessons, like where, go, 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 most of us mm -hmm. once a week. So it's not much time, yeah. but you've got to give that time. I love it. And structuring that class time, I love that mm -hmm. hint. And not giving up on a lesson or a segment or a song just because it doesn't go well. There's so many factors. And I think that that self-reflection or what could I do differently that would help, though there's many things out of my control. I love it. I love it. And be yourself. They are definitely, yes. definitely nuggets. Oh, yes, fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. And before we get onto my soapbox that I like to do at the end, and I'll get you to email me all of your links so I can okay. put them in the show notes. And also, uh, 
we create a blog post from each of these episodes as well. So okay. I'll get you to email me all of your links, including FLAT books, all of those things. But for those who are just listening, who don't have time to look it up, how could they find you? Yeah. So my website is thedomesticmusician.com and there is a story behind that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it's a unique website name, but on there you'll find links to my podcast and blog and the products I mentioned and things like that. And then my book. And so that's kind of like the hub where everything is. And then FLAT books is fflatbooks.com. And I like to hang out on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and all the places, but I kind of am a mixture between Facebook and Instagram, I would say. But yeah, let's connect and I would love to have a conversation with you. Okay, that would be great. Well, I will be there and hopefully lots of my listeners will too. It's wonderful. It's been an amazing chat and I just, there's many things we could talk about, but I think that this is a good start. You've you've given us all things to think about to help improve our practice and to have a longer, more enjoyable career. So we really appreciate that. So I like to offer a chance to get on your soapbox. Pretend this podcast is going to millions of people across the globe. It's not quite that big. But anyway, tell <laughs> us something that you want to tell the world. Okay. So I like to step on toes a little bit. That's just the way I roll. Oh, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, let's go. What's she going to yeah. say? So social media is a good thing, but it can also be a tricky thing where you're comparing yourself to others. So first of all, let's talk about these music teacher Facebook groups. And I have one and um, I know Debbie has one. Sometimes in music teacher, not ours, of course, but sometimes music <laughs> teacher Facebook groups, you will ask a question and then you'll get tons and tons of answers about what you should have done or why did you do it that way and this is the way i did it this is the way and it can leave you feeling a little deflated i, I think it's the word i want to use but also second guessing your ability you know and so we're going to drive that back home of being yourself there's nothing wrong with asking advice whether it's on instagram facebook an email wherever but take that advice and also still put it into the frame of, but who am I and what's my personality and what's my teaching style and would my students be receptive to this? So like I said, there's nothing wrong with asking a question, but my, my I guess, soapbox is sometimes those groups bother me because it is sometimes this is the way. This is the way to count these rhythms. This is the way to teach melodic concepts. Is it the way or is it just the way you do it? And this person maybe didn't ask for that advice. They're just wanting your support. So all that to say, be yourself, ask questions, but look at those answers through a lens of, it. does this make sense for me or do I need to trust my judgment more than anything in this moment? So bam, that mic is, drop. That is great <laughs> advice. I love it because it actually can be quite hurtful, can't it? Yes. Some of the responses bordering on the, mean mm. yes so i love that mm -hmm. <laughs> i i love that advice that is a great great soapbox statement i love it <laughs> we should all hear that <laughs> mm -hmm. yes yes well i look forward to carrying conversations on with you over the socials jessica i hope lots of my listening listeners do as well and mm. thank you so much for your chat today Thank you so much for having me. I've loved this conversation. 
Thank you for joining me for this podcast. Don't forget that you'll find the show notes on crescendo.com.au forward slash the podcast number of this episode. Also, you can find the transcripts there. So you've got all of the detail that you need. If you've found this podcast useful, I'd really love it if you share the link with a colleague. Remember, all I can be is the best version of me. All you can do is be the best you. We'll meet again. I hope we will. (laughs) Bye. As we know, laughter relieves stress. Don't lose sight of the funny side of life. Did you hear about the great new shovel? It's groundbreaking. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.